Welcome back to the ME7 podcast, Look Back Live, brought to you by Balville and Grit Consultancy. We are here at Priestfield, a very dark Priestfield, as you can see, to discuss all the ongoings at ME7 since the Christmas period. We'll be joined by a panel of guests, as you see here, and it's going to be a, a conversation which will spark a lot of debate, I'm sure. Lots of positives, some negatives, and questions regarding what to expect for the remaining three or so days of the transfer window maybe be two now i think it is that's how quickly time goes when you are in a hurry but we're sure we'll be here for the next hour or so to discuss all of that much much more and yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be an introduction that uh, is going to spark a lot of debate i'm sure so joining us today tom jasper first time back in a little while welcome back thank you how long has it been I did the first show um, in the in the Legend Suite, so yeah. Start of the season, wasn't it, Lewis? Your first one in a while as well. It's my first one since the last one, yeah, when we had the audience. I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> your first one in a while. That's gone well. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't been on the, the Saturday shows for a while, apart from the other day. So it's the first yeah. time I spoke to you about George for a while, anyway. And of course, my co-host James Hawkins. Hello. Hello, mate. So let's get to it then. Last time we were on the show, or you were on the show, I wasn't here, of course. I believe we were talking about the upcoming festive period, one that, uh, I don't want to say didn't go as planned, but could have got a little better. We're here to sort of dissect a lot of that and get up to speed of where we are currently. And I suppose, I suppose the obvious question is, uh, Tom, we'll start with you. Um, the Christmas period, it on paper offered a lot, favourable fixtures, chance to get a good run of results. Stephen Clements' uh, first initial big period as manager going into uh, game against Forest Green, game against Crawley, Sutton, Colchester, etc. And it, I don't think it under-delivered, but I think it was sort of a reasonable return from what you would call a quite kind set of fixtures. It was inconsistent as expected, I think. Um, obviously, we look at the Bradford and Crawley games, both home fixtures, both you know winnable on paper, and obviously both didn't deliver. Um, then we go on a, a good run and, and, and go and beat Colchester, Obviously, um, Atkinson as well. We had that 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 win there, and um, but I think if you ask any Gills fan on 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 social media, they will say that it's as you said, it's kind of flattered flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, games that we maybe could have won but didn't, like games that we did scrape through and win. Um, it's the inconsistency I think that drives us a little bit mad as fans because we'd love to go on a, on a winning run. Um, but when we do, it seems kind of, you know, to, to, to fall back into old habits again. So, um, yeah, I think Clements is starting to sort of get what he wants out of the team. Um, we've put in some good performances over the sort of past past few weeks over the, over that period. Um, but I think a lot of Jules fans will still say that we're still missing a few key things. Yeah, Lewis, on those key things, um, we have got some success over the Christmas period. The wind against Sutton, we uh, obviously went to Colchester and won the game against Quinton as well. But I suppose the question on uh, everyone's lips as a Jules fan and has been for probably the last two years or so is um, how are we not managing to score goals regularly? And just disclaimer before anyone starts listening to this, this isn't me setting up to Johnson Clark Harris is about to walk through the door and this is a big bravo. <laughs> no it's not no signings on the, um, this episode today I'm afraid unless no um, but, um, yeah Lewis it's, it's it was a period where obviously we got good results in certain areas somewhat unconvincingly you could argue you know the Sutton game here we had to work hard for it the Colchester game once we got the first goal we could have probably got two or three just got the one in the end that was enough thankfully but as, as much as it's been good to get results, it's all anyone cares about. There are still 
certain issues, isn't there? Really, one one big one in particular, which is which is goal scoring. Yeah, I think Tom sums up well with the uh, the inconsistency, and I suppose that's why we are where we are. Really, just sort of outside the playoffs. You know, if we were getting results you'd expect, Crawley at home, um, Forest Green home and away, then we'd be you know competing for the top three, which we're not doing. Uh, yeah, goal scoring, we know it's been an issue. I suppose it gets a bit repetitive talking about it sometimes, but. You know, Walker's come in. Um, you know, we might see some outgoings up front as well. Who knows? Um, we're a bit up in the air with with Ollie Hawkins' injury as well. So, you know, that's that's an issue. Uh, but you know, that that win at Accrington, I think we we surprised everyone really coming from behind to win because you know, I think it was since last February we've not done that. So that was a relief. But yeah, I think you know, Clements is is getting almost what he can out of this squad really you know someone made the point on social media the other day that two of his signings have done well you know Hutton and Walker you know I know Walker's only had 20 minutes or so but coming off the bench and getting a goal I would imagine he starts this weekend and, and Hutton's played really well in his his couple of games so yeah I think um, you know Clements is eking what he can out of the squad with a system that he probably didn't want to play but it's just the inconsistency that is going to plague us and, and the goal scoring as well, which hopefully, you know, we can find a solution, but it's not going to, it's not going to happen quickly. I think that might be something that is addressed more towards the end of the season. And then this running now is just about trying to find results one way or another. Yeah, we'll get on to Stephen Clements in depth very, very shortly. But James, um, on, on the Christmas period, just to sort of, I suppose, round off your overall feelings of it going into the new year as we go back in time a little bit. We obviously, well, I certainly looked at the games beforehand, the Forest Green, the Crawley, Sutton and the Coltress is a really massive period for this season because it was one where, you know, on paper, obviously the game's not paid on paper, it's actually an old cliche, but it was a massive opportunity to get a lot of points on the board going into a January window where you can only improve on things. There was a lot of frustration in the first two games to draw at Forest Green was a game which, you know, I think if you look at all the football games in, in the centre of the universe, which ones have been replayed the most of it, that would be right down the bottom. Um, and the quarter game obviously disappointing at home and then we did get those two wins Sutton and Colchester not convincing but we got them done what was your overall feelings when we hit the end of of December heading into January with obviously the window in front of you not knowing what was to come in that window but knowing where we were at the time and looking back on the Christmas period yeah I think like Tom says it's that that level of that level of inconsistency Um, I just felt that Boxing Day we completely rolled over to a poor poor Crawley side um, they, and they are they've, they've not improved since in all honesty um, I know a lot of Jill's fans appreciate what Scott Lindsay does down there but the both times that I've seen them this season I've not I've not been impressed but they've rolled us over that here um, it was the same with the, the Forest Green game on the on the Friday night we were extremely extremely poor um, but then you flip it to to obviously the Sutton the Sutton game on the 29th and to be fair to Sutton, they defended really, really well on that Friday night. Um, at, but it come down to the fact of us just, I know we scored, we got the winner and we, and, and we ended up winning the game, but it just felt a bit flat coming out of that night, um, in all honesty. I know a lot of people moaned about the one the that wins earlier on in the season. It felt like that. It felt like the it felt like we just, just sort of scraped through it. Um, and then obviously the Colchester, the Colchester win, Again, we had a we had a fifteen minute spell where we were really, really, really good, and we nearly threw the game away. Um, and I think that's 
<clears throat> that's where I think Clements is probably learning about his side is that we go through, it was the same on Saturday at MK Dons, we go through these short 10, 15 minute spells where we are really, really good and we are on top of sides, but then we just don't, we just don't put the ball in the back of net on when we're on top. And that's our problem um, is that we're not capitalising when we're in control of games. And that's a, that's a big problem. That's, that's a big issue because side in this league, i.e. MK Dons, if you don't punish your side and you don't take chances, you've got to punish yourself. And that's, that's, Clements hit the nail on the head on Saturday. Currently, where I see this side, we're a nearly team. He got that bang on the money on Saturday in his interview. It was an excellent interview from him. He's the best one he's done since he's been in the job, um, for sure. But um, at the moment, we're a nearly team, and that's, that's, that's our frustration, I think. Tom, we're going to get into the, the manager, Stephen Clements, in just a second, but um, just came to my head what James talking about us that game. A bit remiss of us not to mention and uh, congratulate also the goal of the month winner in the whole of, uh, was it the whole of EFL or the whole of League 2, was it? I think it was League 2. Could well have been the EFL when you look at the goal, but um, let's have a quick word from everyone on that, uh, that strike that beats us. And um, where does that goal from Scott Malone rank in recent goals we've seen? <laughs> we haven't seen many, so it's got to be pretty high. Um, the, pro- the thing with that is that, is that someone like Scott Malone, uh, only he would have executed that, that chance, I think, in that way. I think we, as a team, as a squad, we are very shot shy in terms of outside the box or shooting from that sort of position. Um, only he, I think, would have had, and maybe Mahoney would have had the ability to, to put that in the way he did. Um, because let's face it, sometimes we, we we have a shot from from outside the box and we go, oh God, where's it going to go? Like panic. But he, God, he was just inside the box. He he controlled it really well. It was perfectly in the corner. I think all of the all of the blocks sort of videos that slowed down really show how much of a decent strike it was. Um, so yeah, it, it was a I know endorsement, right? Endorsement. Um, <laughs> it was no. It was a great goal, and I think in that game we needed it because we were huffing and puffing. We weren't blind down that door, but that's all, all it needed was that one one strike that stood out, I think. Who's going to cry on the panel about his shush to the fans? Anyone going to moan about it? No, do it. <laughs> do, do more of it. Do more of it. Yeah, Lewis, it was like, like Tom says, if you're going to back anyone in this squad currently to be able to pull off something like that, it's, you know, with the slow motion videos from um, that company that did the video, it was um, <laughs> just the slow-mo, the technique, the cut across the ball, I think the best thing for me was the reaction of, um, I don't know who it was, a Sutton player on the line, sort of, but he sees it going behind him, he sort of shrugs up. Like, you know, what can you do about that? Yeah, I think, you know, players can dip in and out of form. There's been, you know, people have been calling for Max Clark to get some game time and that was sort of, in a way, the reason why Malone did that celebration that everyone cried about. Um, but yeah, in terms of general quality, you know, him, Conor Mahoney, people like Johnny Williams, um, Ethan Coleman, to be fair, has had a few outside the box that have have nearly gone in. But yeah, I think I think I think you're right. Um, James makes a good point that it was a bit of a weird one where you know it helped that the goal was good and the, the, you know the coverage from, from Nick was great as well. But in terms of the result, obviously they had ten men, worst team in the league, and it was a bit of like a oh, finally. But I know the goal was was great and that was worth celebrating on its own. But it wasn't like it was a last minute winner against you know we were together at Stockport um, that sort of thing. But yeah, in terms of the actual goal. Can't argue with it, and uh, probably our goal of the season, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, I think got, is it, is it, is, isn't it going to show it? Is he? Do you want to say it? Go for it. Take it. That's out.
the replay of Scott Malone's fantastic winner against Sutton, fantastically filmed. Um, yeah, we should get in contact with her and did that. It might be worth a job. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, a great goal worthy of winning a, worthy of winning a game. And um, yeah, let's get on to the actual manager himself, Stephen Clements, because I think Tom, for probably the first few games, people were watching a Stephen Clements side trying to understand his philosophy, his altruistic style of football, if you like. And I remember the first game I saw was against Fulham's under-21s in the Pepperoni Passion Cup, which obviously is not, you know, the best way of judging, a, you know, two different teams. They're very much a team of kids. We made a lot of changes. It's hard to really identify massive changes. And we went to Hereford in the FA Cup, 2-0 win, expected to win that game again. Difficult to really look into it too much. But from what you've seen in a longer period, this is you know, further on from the Christmas period now and up to what you've seen so far, you're starting to see more of a style because obviously we've gone from the back four against Harris to now a back three or back five depending on how you look at it and it's certainly a, a change in style and uh, one that's enjoyed by um, some of the players which we'll hear from uh, next week but um, yeah what have you made of the the initial style that Clemson has been trying to implement and the success it's had so far? I think it was a slow burner I think obviously a lot was made of the fact that you know Harris went for whatever reason and I think the style of football was a, was a key a, a key feature in that so when Clements was brought in to to sort of bring us you know attacking entertaining football and it didn't happen instantly there was a bit like what so what's what's happening here you know but those more rational would know that he needs time to implement his his style of football amongst players that maybe haven't been adept at doing that you don't see a lot of it at League Two, frankly. You don't see a lot of teams, you know, playing us, us off, off, off the park. You see a lot of nitty gritty football, a lot of long ball. You see a lot of, you know, battling rather than playing attractive, you know, entertaining football. So, I think it was it was always going to take time to sort of work its magic with us. Um, we have seen a lot of changes in terms of possession stats, chances being made, goals hasn't yet obviously hit the heights, but I think the chances that we're making now. We're, we're having spells in games where we are putting a lot of emphasis on going forward and crosses in the box. We're just, as, as James said earlier, we're just not quite making the grade when it comes to goals. So there has been an improvement for me in terms of the, you know, the way that we've been playing. I think you mentioned the start, the style in terms of the formation. I think we tried it because we realised that all three centre-backs were, were decent enough to be starting. Um, now it's just finding a balance, right? You know, having having the two strikers that he wants up top, um, having the midfield three to be sort of in harmony together because we've made a lot of changes in terms of personnel. And if it hasn't worked out, we've brought somebody else in and then we've brought somebody else in. He just needs to have now a settled 11 that he can can play in terms of personnel. The formation seems, seems to, to, to be working now. It's just making sure that we've got the players kind of, you know, working together on that. But... Overall, I'm, I'm quite happy with what I'm seeing. It's not translating to win after win after win, but the wins that I have seen us put out have been down to us being quite solid at the back, but also more imposing up front as well. It is important to remember, isn't it, Lewis? Because obviously this is a team who, you know, the style of Harris compared to Clements is very, very different. They also had that period of uh, middle in between for three or four games, I think it was. And when you're... You know, a player in a, in a footballing side, you're set to play in one way, especially the ones who were here with Harris last year would have been more used to that. And obviously, the ones who come in during the summer will be used to it for a period, and then it changes a bit with Millen, just slightly, and then again, it's a completely overhaul style, really, with Clements, isn't it? And it it will take a long time. Obviously, as football fans, we're all guilty of this. We all won success yesterday, don't we? But it is a case of patience in certain areas. And I think Tom makes a good point of, you know, it would be a lot worse if we weren't creating chances. 
we are doing that. But again, it's a COD issue, isn't it? And I, I don't really want to, we don't want to talk about it too much, but it is hard to ignore. And we're doing in some games anything but score, you know, I think the prime example, and I said this on Saturday's episode, if um, people watch, well, listen to it, that I think the moment where Romeo Hutton puts the ball across uh, the goal line against them, against MK Dons, it nine times out of 10, it either hits one of their players, it hits one of their players and goes in. It doesn't do that. It misses everyone. I think that just sort of summed up our goal scoring this season and it sort of epitomised in one movement. Yeah, there was one here as well against Forest Green. Um, I think it was when the, the free kick sort of went across field and Ogie got the end of it and put it across goal and I was desperate for Bond to sort of be in the position that he wasn't. And I think we've got to a point now as well, which ironically we were sort of in towards the back end of Harris's reign where we were creating decent chances but not putting them in the net. Doing it in a very different way. I think Clements came in and he's learning as well. We've got to remember that this is his, his first job in charge uh, of a team. And I think when he came in, he wanted to play, you know, past the death football almost. Um, you could count the amount of long balls or direct balls in one hand in his first couple of games. And then there was a game, I can't remember which one, it almost sort of switched and we went the other way. Um, I think it was obvious he wanted to play the 4 3 3. But he's, he seems to settled on a system now. He sort of found a balance where he can compromise between what he wants to do and what the squad is capable of in terms of the players he's got. You know, we've got three very good centre-backs at the minute. Both our wing-backs are very good as well. Um, you know, maybe there's there's a gap in midfield, but it allows us to get two up front and it, it allowed us to get Oliver Hawkins in the side, which has been a big plus where his physicality has helped a lot. Um, you know, and we, we, we probably wouldn't want him to have played on his own. So I think that's a big plus as well. And, I think in the summer we could probably see a few changes. It's almost as if when Harris started with the back three to try and keep us in the league and then in the summer, you know, although he didn't get as many changes as he wanted, he was trying to implement his own style a little bit more. So I think we might see that in the summer with Clements sort of potentially going back to the 4-3-3, signing a few more players. I mentioned earlier that the two players he has signed as, as have been impressive so far. So yeah, I think he's he's found a decent balance. We're not going to be the perfect side, but if we can somehow sneak into those playoffs, um, you know, maybe maybe Walker can hit the ground running or, or Macaulay Bond can get a few running the side, that sort of thing, um, then we'll try and do what we can with what we've got this season and, and see what happens. Yeah, well, so James, it's too early to properly judge Clemens in terms of, you know, knee-jerk reactions. I think if we don't get the playoffs this season, he's got to go. That won't be the case, I'm sure. And you know, with this window, obviously two days now away from it being closed, you've got two in so far. What... From you, if if whether we get take away where you want us to finish, where we might finish, what would you consider to be a good aspiration to have from seeing Stephen Clemens' side from now into the end of the season in terms of progression in a more noticeable and autistic style of his? Something you want to you want to watch his Gillingham team play from now into the season. What's the one thing you you want to see more than anything, regardless of where we may or may not finish? Uh, I think Tom hit the nail on the head. Is that he's got to. Uh, we've got to see that consistent, that consistent style of play. I think we actually we played the best football under him in the first half at MK on Saturday. I, I felt that we played the best football we we played under him in his reign against an informed side, probably one of the best in the league. And for me, look, I, I know I've said it on on social media and whatever else, and said that this season would be a failure to get into the playoffs and. <clears throat> Yeah, look, everyone wants promotion and everyone wants success and whatever else. But I think, I think for me, probably look on, looking at it from a longer-term point of view, I think if we see a team that have got an identity, a manager that's got an identity, 
a team that actually want to be there and play for the football club. And we just miss out on the playoffs by playing that way, but we're all entertained. I think I could probably take that. I think what I probably can't take is if we just whittle away this season and we end up 12th, 13th, we end up miles off the playoffs, we end up just going in within ourselves, that's when I will get quite annoyed with it. Um, so I think, yeah, for me, he's got he, he's got a couple of days to get in who he wants. I think it's clearly evident on Saturday that we are quite a way off from personnel-wise at Stephen Clement's side. I think there are quite a few players in there that are just not him, are just not the way he wants to be. You're seeing the ones being left out of the squad, for example, are the, are the ones that he doesn't want anymore. Um, but that's going to take time. But I think success will be managed on can we be playing the right way, winning games, and if that means we just about miss on the playoffs, then yeah, I would class that as relatively successful. Yeah, Tom, we'll circle back to this um, later on with Stephen Clements when we talk about future games in the upcoming month, but there is a bit of uh, news that we need to get into, obviously. Not um, <clears throat> not transfer news, because we've discussed both of the incomings already so far. We'll get into them a bit more detail later on, but um, news that broke yesterday uh, first... I think it is off. Oh no, it's like second outgoing. Of course, sorry, Lewis. Um, our second um, <laughs> outgoing of the uh, of the window. That is uh, Che Alexander leaving the club. Announced uh, yesterday, I believe it was uh, termination of contracts. So not uh, not a loan or a permanent deal to another club. I'm sure he'll, he'll find one in due course. Obviously, with it being uh, a contract rip up, it means he's free to go and find a club after the window whenever he wants. So it's good for him. But um, yeah, what did you make of the news when you first saw it? Obviously, with the Sign of Romeo Hutton and Rob, Rob McKenzie still being at the club, it would have let us free right back. So Che has stayed. Were you at all surprised by it, or do you see it as a, a decision by the management and the player that's probably best for all parties? Firstly, how did you forget Lewis Walker for a start? You'll be leaving that one down for a long time. Um, <laughs> no, I think there was a certain air of inevitability about about Che going. Um, he'd been first choice right right back slash right wing back for quite a while. Um, so he wouldn't have wanted to, to just turn up and, and, and play reserve. He wouldn't have wanted to sort of be maybe in the squad um, week in, well, one week and then out of the squad the next week. He would have been wanting to go and play football somewhere else. So it works for him to be to be on his way. Um, he was out of contract, I think, at the end, end of the year anyway. So I think realistically it, it, was, a, it was a foregone conclusion that he would go. Um, he's someone that I thought would probably go last window in January, sorry, so this time last year. Um, but then he ends up staying and he actually played really well for the second half of last season. I think we're, a lot of us were kind of, you know, um, politely surprised about how, how obviously he kicked on last season. Um, but he hadn't quite hit the heights this time around. I don't know. I don't know. Obviously, you know, people can theorise about why that, that might have been. Maybe he wasn't able to do the right wing back position, sort of the combined element of attacking and defending. Um, and a couple of high-profile sort of errors along the season might have sort of added to that as well. But I, I liked him. I just don't think he... I think we maybe we're looking at, with, with Hutton coming now, I think maybe we're looking at a slightly higher quality of, of wing-back who is a more natural wing-back than Shea is. So his, his time in, in, in the team was limited. Um, where he goes next, he, he might find another League 2 club, but potentially more sort of National League might be his his, his area. But... Wish him well, you know. He he put in a, he put a lot of, a lot of effort in to us, but I think his time is up. 
Yeah, he made uh, quite a few appearances for the Jules Lewis, so I won't say the exact number because you might need that later on. Um, but <laughs> I think I think what Tom's saying is, if you remember back to last January, he was one of the most improved players from last January to the end of the campaign. Obviously, picked up the uh, goal of the season award for the goal against Wimbledon. Obviously, against his former side, big moment for him. But I think he's not just the only one. I think there are a fair few examples of this, but he just hasn't really carried over that form this season, has he? And I think we all we all knew when we signed Urban Mayor Hutton from Swindon with Mackenzie still being here, it's probably going to be a case of either him or Robbie were moved on because you don't need three right backs in there, they do. That's the black and white of it, unfortunately. And it is Shea who has who has dropped out. Um, no odd feelings, of course, we all wish him the best. But um, yeah, what do you make of overall of his time at, at ME7 from uh, I think it was last summer he was signed, maybe the summer before? No, because he played he played against uh, I mean Day at Wimbledon, didn't he? Because he made an error on my birthday. Um, yeah, so he's been here quite a while. But what did you make of his time at the club overall? Yeah, I think it was a bit up and down. Um, like Tom said, I thought he was one of the players that would probably be replaced um, in January. I think for a lot of the time it was Robbie McKenzie would play one side of fullback and then it would be Alexander or Tutonda, um, who were both performing quite poorly, I think it's fair to say, and it would be a flip of a coin which one played that week. But when we had our turnaround uh, and players came in, Alexander upped his game. I thought he did really well last season. As we've all said in our recovery, um, I sort of tweeted that, you know, he played a big part of the, the turnaround last season and it hasn't translated to this season. I think a lot of people began to identify that right back was probably a position that needed strengthening. Uh, that was the first one, first sort of area we did strengthen, obviously with um, Hutton coming in. And Mackenzie can cover there as well. So, yeah, I think it's fair enough. Like Tom said, it works for him. Um, he can obviously leave a, leave the club and pick someone up and he's not under pressure to do it in the next couple of days. So, yeah, it's, it's just an area where we've improved our side and he's not got a place in the team anymore. So, you know, fair enough to everyone involved, I think. But, yeah, overall, I think he was he was a good player. You know, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not going to look back on his time and say it was poor or anything. I, I quite liked him and, you know, now now is just the time to move on. James, you think maybe it was a case of with with Hutton coming in that everyone looked at it and they sort of thought, well, we don't need three right backs, and maybe looked at Robbie and thought the fact that he can play either either side, he can also play midfield. That versatility, obviously, is what we really know him for. Most the versatile of the club, maybe was the reason that they opted to go with Shea as the one to leave this window and keep Robbie in, just because of that versatility. Yeah, probably is that to be honest. Um, is that obviously moving into the back three system? Shea can only play in that position where Robbie can obviously play the play the two. Um and also the quality of Romeo Hutton as well is that we've seen it in in both the games that he's exactly what Clements has been after. Clements mentioned on Kent Online the other day that in one in his in his interview here when he when he first got the job is that he wanted to get more crosses into the box. And I mean it's, it's, it's fantastic that the football club have gone and, got, gone and signed someone that gets the most crosses in the league, also gets the most like assists in basically the whole of England. Um, it's it's an incredible it's an incredible sign. In, in all fairness, I know some Swindon fans want to want to try and slag him off, but you saw his quality on Saturday at MK Dons. I thought he was I thought he was absolutely outstanding down that right hand side. Um, and in no disrespect to Shea. The level has just gone up, up about two or three gears since he's walked through the door, and that's the level of quality you get. And when you've got a six foot 
six foot five, six foot six striker, whatever Ollie Hawkins is, the standard in the box. You need someone that can bloody cross the ball. And and Hutton nine times out of ten is is doing it. Um people say whatever he should have scored for MK on Saturday, but it's extremely tight angle. Someone should have been on the end of it, <laughs> in all honesty. Um but yeah, that's that's the whole reason Shay has gone. You need to prob- and and to be honest, if we want to sign people in the next couple of days, you need to get you need to get players out the door before you can get them in. Um, it's not as easy as just signing and signing and signing and adding numbers and numbers. You've got to get people out the door. So I can imagine that's probably a part of it as well. Yeah, this uh, this next player we're going to talk about is you know, it's not going to last as long. I know the debate is it's more of a me thing. But um, let's get your opinion on uh, the big news story of January. That is obviously <laughs> uh, Lewis Walker moving on to Woken or moving back to Woken, I should say. Um, a tough time at Jules, obviously, never really got too much an opportunity. A horrible injury against uh, Dagenham in an FA Cup replay, I believe it was, on a, on a pitch that really wasn't playable. But um, in a game that we won, it put him out for a very, very long time. And... It, his Jules career never really recovered from that, did it, Tom? But um, he, he's gone on to um, to Woking or back to Woking, as I say now. And I suppose we wish him all the best. And it was one of them cases where he was probably. Do, a, do, do you not want to send a message through? I can't tell what you're saying. Oh, I've sent him enough Instagram messages. He won't. I don't want to get blocked. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Tom, it was um, one of those where he was signed. He was signed at a time pre-takeover. Probably fitted the mould of the signings we were able to track at that point in time. Uh, I do remember we first signed him. Everyone thought it was his brother Tyler. Thank God it wasn't. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, how would you uh, sum up his very short time in terms of actual on-field with Jules? It's yeah, as you say, it will be a short one. Um, I th- I think, as you said, we signed him with you know the the hope that there might we might have unearthed a bit a bit of a gem there. I think he'd been at Como and a few other Italian teams, and uh, for one one reason or another, you know, obviously he, he didn't get a run in games. Um, he then obviously got the injury. Maybe in in you know in that off in that um, window we might have moved him on on a loan to get a, a few more games but we didn't because because obviously obviously because of his injury um he wasn't ever really going to get back into the team this summer um unfortunately so it was kind of over before it restarted you know in terms of of league action especially um it was just unfortunate really as you said we were shopping in a completely different market back in back in the sort of the summer of last se- of uh, last season um like Jordan Green and the likes you know obviously all all came from from different areas, but you know, it, it was unfortunate. But I don't think he was ever going to match what we were looking for in terms of of you know a, a 10, 15 goal season striker. I'm sorry to say, Owen, um, but yeah, we do wish him well for whatever next. Yeah, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to move to the side a bit before I say this. Um, <laughs> I think, sorry, I will move back. Um, I think it's, you know, it was an underwhelming signing. Get out. Um, like Tom said, it was what the market we were shopping in. Um, it was more numbers than anything, I think. It was underwhelming his career. I don't think he was ever going to be good enough. And uh, I think he was probably the one player that came over to this season from last season that was still part of that era, if you like, the the Jordan Greens and Mikko Mandron and... I don't think he's ever going to be good enough, really. That's, that's the honest truth. And, you know, wish him all the best. I'm sure he's a nice guy. You seem to be best mates with him. But, uh, yeah, 
all the best in his new career. I don't know about that. He's not replying to his Instagram messages. No, he does. The problem is, I want to sign shirt from him from this season, but I don't think he's actually worn one. So <laughs> <laughs> now we'll block him. Let's get a pre-season one, maybe. Yeah, James, uh, wrap us off on the uh, Lewis Walker section. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, like Tom said and like Lewis said, he's he, he was never gonna he was never gonna break. I mean, he, he could stay fit. I think that was the problem. It was assaulted. It was the. <laughs> <laughs> By you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going down this road. Um, yeah, I think, I think like didn't he score against Dover in pre-season, and then oh, I, I think forty-eight hours later he ended up unfit again, and that was the, he, that he, was the issue. When we went to Como, and he was the one name off of this, wasn't he? Then we didn't hear about yeah. it for ages. Yeah, and so that was that was that was the problem is that he showed glimpses in in trophy games that he he had ability, but he, yeah, he just couldn't he couldn't keep himself fit and. That was that was the problem. Was that that is the problem? If you can't keep yourself fit as a footballer, then your career is going down the pan, isn't it? And good luck to him. He's he's obviously gone away. I think he's got, scored a couple of goals from already. Um, yeah, just obviously wish him all the best, definitely. Yeah, well, I need a minute to compose myself. And whilst that's going on, Nick is going to show you a lovely little block video, and we'll be back very very soon to discuss the transfer window in more depth, particularly incomings. We're back. No. <laughs> We're talking about the FA Youth Cup, which uh, Jules lost to Sunderland the other day. Sorry. That's had to break that up somehow. Um, yeah, shame for them. Anyway, we're back now, abruptly. Um, so, yeah, we were going to talk about, uh, we talked about the outgoings so far in January. Now it's time to talk about the uh, incomings, or the two we have at this moment in time. Or two, um, <laughs> but yeah, we've seen uh, both of them in action. One of them very limited, obviously twenty-five minutes. Josh Walker. So let's start off with um, Romeo Hutton. Tom arrived from um, Swindon Town. Um, we all know uh, <clears throat> it seems to be no secret now that he was set to join Stockport up until um, very recently. Until Nick went and kidnapped him in his car with his camera <laughs> equipment along with Phil. And uh, yeah, the next day he was uh, he was an ME seven as a Jules player. Um, <laughs> Came with a great reputation, as we know. Someone who likes to cross the ball, someone who likes to get assists. There's a lot of anticipation for his debut against Forest Green, a game which obviously ended up being very frustrating altogether with a point against a very poor side. But he was one of the standouts. And certainly when you look at his performance on uh, Saturday against MK Dons, he was certainly one of the standouts. Very, very good performance from him. And he seems to be one of the signings. Well, I say one of them, he made two of them. But um, certainly one that's going to be pivotal if we are going to be uh, addressing those playoff positions coming into the year. Yeah, and, and importantly as well, he's someone who who fits the system that Clemens is already playing with us. So he's like, you know, he, he wants the right wing back that will go forward, that will cross. Um, and he's got someone who does just that, which is important because Clemens is now starting to put his own stamp on, on the team, including signings. Um, 
yeah, as you say, an improvement on what we had before. Swindon fans talk about his his lack of ability to defend. Now, obviously, we we can take that with a pinch of salt because realistically, we are it, it's it's going forward that we need to to make the progress. So, um, been impressed with what I've seen so far. Obviously, the the ability to cross into our into our strikers is something that we are looking out for. Historically, we we're, we're pretty poor when it comes to to our deliveries from both set pieces and open play. So, let's hope Hutton can try and turn that around. Um, I'm hoping we see good things from him still and, and hoping that all of the assists and uh, all the stats that he's brought from previous clubs translate onto us as well. Yeah, Lewis, obviously it's it's a sign in that, obviously given the circumstances with uh, Johnny Williams, the same sort of story back in the summer when he was set to join Bradford. It's happened again, essentially. But um, he's one of those names where I remember when we played them at the county ground uh, this season, obviously they didn't score a goal, but I remember he came close, he cut on his left, uh, left-hand side, shot down, it was saved by Jake Turner. But... He is someone that brings you a bit of optimism, doesn't he, in terms of signings. You know, sometimes we've, we've made signings in the past, pre-Gallinson, where you have to, you know, check the name of Wikipedia a hundred times to try and recognise who it is. But this is one of these, as soon as the name came out, everyone knew who he was, everyone knew what he could bring. Obviously, as James said earlier, with, with Swindon fans, when you sign someone off another team, they're always going to give negative reviews because they're, you know, not very happy that he's left and they're just trying to cope. But I think it is a signing, like, like Tom says, it's going to be... Very interesting for the end of the season. Certainly next year, he's, you know, with all due respect to Shay, who's obviously now left, and Robbie, he is, there's a, I don't know way of putting it, an instant upgrade in that position, isn't he? Yeah, I think I think from a footballing point of view, he's he's such an exciting signing. I was so happy with it when it was announced. Um, I think, you know, as I said earlier, I think that was a area that needed strengthening. Um, I think he is... You know, one of the best in the league. There's no doubt about that. You know, James mentioned the stats in terms of assists, and he said it himself in his interview. He wants to bring lots and lots of crosses. Um, obviously, he was about to join the best team in the league as well. So, yeah, it's a massive thumbs up um, from from that side of things. I think Clements. You know, he's he's only been able to sign two players. Uh, we said it before that you know he's going to have to try and get the most he can out of the squad. He's got the minute, and then perhaps try and sign a few more in, in the summer, but. Yeah, I think it's it's someone who adds a really different and really positive dimension to our attack. And, you know, he can play right back as well. But as, as Tom said, from a right wing back point of view, he's a massive asset to our team. There's been questions about whether he can play the same side of Mahoney, as Mahoney or whatever, because they probably are two most creative players now. But yeah, it's something to work on. But yeah, no complaints from me. I think it's a, a really exciting, you know, addition to the team. I think, James, we do have to give a lot of credit to Stephen Clements for the signing because, as, as Lewis mentioned, he was set to join Stockport. Obviously, a player won't join unless they're convinced by a manager's project and what their ambitions are. So it says a lot about how well Stephen's done to, to get Romeo's uh, signature, seeing as he was clearly set to sign for a team who uh, you know, is gone against a team who are basically guaranteed to be promoted this year to come and join us. And that says a lot about how he was sold the, the project of Gillingham by Stephen Clements. Yeah. Yeah, considering Clements has obviously only been there three months, it's, it's obviously good that he's managed to convince Romeo to, to join the club. Um, I think he said in his interview, Romeo, that he, he's excited by the project, he's excited by the owners. Um, I mean, with people like Brad and Shannon, why, I suppose, why wouldn't you be? Um, they, we, we all know that they love they love the football club dearly. So um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that they are, they're easy people to speak to, aren't they? So I guess when when a, when a footballer turns up here and, and you've got to try and 
sort of selling the football club. I guess people like Clements and Brad and Shannon are are easy people to to, to speak to and get along with, and that yeah, that probably made him feel, feel at home straight away. And then obviously he knew he knew some of the players here as well. Um, but yeah, credit to credit to Clements. He's he's obviously sold to him what he wants from him. Um, and you can see that straight away in these in these first two games that what what he's what he's bringing certainly down that right hand side the amount of I don't think I've ever seen the amount of crosses from one player in his first two games that since Hutton's arrived so yeah he's he's bringing something different um, and like Tom said let's hope he, he, he it turns into it turns eventually into goals. <laughs> Yeah, Brad and Shannon, very easy people to talk to. It was a nightmare trying to get into actually filming this, trying to get him to go away. <laughs> Kept me yappy, yappy, yappy. Anyway, but um, with the point of crosses, it is important, isn't it, Tom? Because we spoke, I think we spoke on an episode a long time ago where I've said to, I think it was Lewis, that we had actually the, the lowest percentage of crosses into the box, which is something that Stephen Clemens pointed out when he first joined us, something that was really concerning. And, you know, there's one way to address that issue, and that's by bringing in someone who puts in the most crosses and has the most assists in England. Yeah, and, and as I said before, like, you know, I, I can I've been watching Jules for a long time and, and I struggle to think of a few of a few players that have a natural ability to put a decent cross in time after time. Um we we do struggle with our with, with our balls in, into the box. Um so if you can bring somebody in that's got that specific quality about them, then then I'm all for it. You know, realistically you can say what you like about Hutton defensively, but attacking is what we need him for most of all. Um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing whether the kind of what was dangling in front of our faces is in terms of his ability to put a decent cross in um, will, will will sort of result in more goals. It might take some time, but if our centre forwards know that a decent ball is coming in, they're more likely to be ready for it in the box rather than you know unsure or how, or, or sort of hanging back, not waiting. Yeah, we'll start with you, uh, Tom, just to bring in our second. Uh... Second, <laughs> Joe, I'll stop doing that now. It's a tired joke. Uh, our second player of the window, one walker out, another one in. <laughs> so, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be great if he actually is? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's those walker saying, stop following me, me, me on Instagram. <laughs> I can change. Anyway, so, um, one walker out, another one in. This is the signing, of course, that was released on Thursday last week, maybe Friday. Uh, the arrival of Josh Walker, someone who was very, very well known in the National League for scoring goals, both for Barnet and for Dagenham. Redbridge got one in an FA Cup tie against Stewart's last season at um, the Dagenham ground, whatever that's called, um, in a 1-1 draw before coming here for the replay. I feel like he scored the second goal in the replay, but I can't, maybe not. But regardless, um, went to Burton, made the jump from the National League to League One. Didn't quite go where I'd want it to. I think he scored the three goals. He arrived there January last year. It's not really worked out how he would have wanted to. There's the obvious argument that maybe he made the step from the National League to League One a bit early because it is a obviously big jump to miss out League Two and just go straight to League One. Maybe that's why it hasn't worked out. But, you know, goal scoring is all about confidence. He comes on for 20 minutes on Saturday, gets what turned out to be a consolation. You know, it's easier for him to miss, but he anticipated it well. We got in the right position. He put the ball in the back of net and... You know, for a debut after only playing 20 minutes, regardless of how easy or difficult a goal is, it will do you no harm to get off the mark very early on. Yeah, and, and the key word you've used there is anticipation. I think we, we've we lacked that killer instinct all, all season in terms of our strikers being in that position that, that they need to be in to put the ball away, no matter how messy it, it gets, you know. Um, realistically, 
when it comes to Walker as a signing, he's a low risk signing. He's a loan signing. He's not he's not our player for two two three years. He's our player until the end of the season. If he can go and get some goals for us, then then great. You know, realistically, he may have made that jump to League One too quickly, but only now he's got a chance at, at, at League Two level to put in some impressive display, score some goals. If he can do that and score score five to to, to ten goals, he'll already be you know. Our, our top scorer, <laughs> which kind of shows the impact that that, that that he could have. So looking forward to seeing what he can do, whether he will start Saturday, whether he'll play alongside Hawkins or Bon or whoever. I think now we need to actually have a consistent front two to give them time to mould together rather than playing a different one each week um, when we're trying to find the right balance together. But yeah, I hope he starts now. I hope he kicks on and I hope that, that he can score some goals. Simple as yeah, Lewis, I think we were sort of of the same opinion when it was first announced. We're more of the neutral side, not negative about it, not overly positive about it either. But, you know, sometimes these players who might not be the biggest names coming in can prove to be one of the more useful ones. And obviously, I know people always arc back to the um, argument of, you know, Tom Eves' record before joining us for Dane Oliver's, etc. And this might well be one of those cases. But from what you've seen so far, we're only a very small pool to really get an opinion on that 20 minutes NK Don, but he got his goal, which is you know, a lot quicker than a lot of strikers managed to score goals was this year. So with that being said, it will do him well for his confidence. And I think you'll be the same as me, feeling that he is someone who will be able to, to bring someone and play a part for the remainder of the campaign. Yeah, I get the feeling that he's someone that backs his ability and, you know, knows what he's about. Um, League two is potentially his level, uh, as Tom said, maybe, or might be new actually, maybe he jumped up a, a level or two levels too early. Um, yeah, like he knows where the net is. He's a different player. He's he's a confident player. Um, I think he offers something a bit better than what we've got. And I was saying outside, you know, individually I like all our strikers, but it's not it's not really working. And I think now he will he will start Saturday. I'll be surprised if he didn't. I think if Ollie Hawkins is fit, he plays with him. If not, it's Macaulay Bond. And yeah, it's exciting. You know, he he's been identified on talent rather than his record potentially where a lot of people were a bit disappointed by the sign-in potentially because of an unsuccessful spell at Burton whereas you know he's got the attributes that we've been missing and you know having a goal already is great and excited to see what he could do from the start here on Saturday. Hey James I think the reason we have to be optimistic is because I was speaking to a few Burton fans about him and they said he's a player who works hard is a decent finisher, but he was played out wide a lot of the time for Burton, which obviously when you take in that information, when you sign a striker, it does change your perception on, you know, the goal scored assist situation when you're playing not through the middle. But I thought what we saw from him in a pair with um, Macaulay Bond, obviously Macaulay obviously having come in on for Ollie Hawkins, who came off injured, there was reasons to be optimistic. I like their play together. I thought there was a good signs of link up. There were good little one-twos here and there. And he scored his first touch, I believe, on a free kick, did get his goal. So, I think there is there is reason to be optimistic. You might not have the best goal record coming into this Gillingham team, but if ever there's a place to come into it, if ever there's a club to come into when you've got a bad goal scoring record and you want to feel nice at home, this is the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I suppose so. Um, yeah, I think. I think um, even if it was a tap in on Saturday, look, he's he's got to be in the right place at the right time, hasn't he? Um, and he's yeah, he's put it. He put it in, and and let's hope he can he can kick on from from here because, we, yeah, we've we've struggled all season to score goals, and and look if he comes in, and scores bundles in his first few games, then Jill's fans are gonna do what they usually do, slag a player off, and then 
the next time they speak about him, he's he's a hero. Um, it's 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 a pickle game, isn't it? <laughs> so um, look, he, he shows some smart ch- touches against MK. Got his goal. Let's hope it kicks on because yeah, we need to we need to find find some goals and, and find them quickly. Yeah, we certainly do, and I believe we will. But um, yeah, the window isn't closed yet, gents. So we've got two days to uh, see what's going to happen. We're going to talk about an outgoing first or a potential outgoing just based on the oh. the social media uh, reams by the Risky. time. Well, we'll, we'll see in two days or not. Um, unfortunately, we do have an exclusive. Um, block pictures will no longer be associated with Chittingham football. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, um, there is a position now available. If you'd like to uh, email... <laughs> But no, um, this isn't an exclusive or anything. We're just going around what we see on uh, forums, the reliable forums, of course, and uh, general chat from social media. And it seems to be if there's one outgoing after Shade, it looks like it might be the most likely one, Tom. It looks like it may be Mr. Tom Nichols, who may be um, exiting Priestfields in the next coming days. Don't know that or not, Tom. If you listen to this and you don't stay, we didn't make it up. Or if you do stay, we didn't make it up. Always wanted you to stay. Um, but um, yeah, get a shovel out. Um, but yeah, Tom, <laughs> what's your opinions on uh, Nico if he does move on? The rumours are a move to Mansfield, obviously a team who are fighting for promotion up the upper end of League Two. We paid around fifty thousand pounds, I believe, last uh, last January. He's you know he did well last season to the back end was a big part of why we survived. Um, this season, much like we were talking about Shea earlier, hasn't quite hit the same heights this year. And maybe if it's a case of one out, one in, in the forward position, would you consider it to be a, a deal that would suit all parties? Would you have reservations over letting Tom go? I, th- I think you're right with the one in, one out situation. And, you know, with with Nichols now, sorry, with Walker now coming in, we've now got five strikers on the books. Do we need five? No, we need four, realistically. Um, so if you're looking at who would most likely be out the door with that in that situation, Nichols would probably, probably be the full guy, having been here the longest out of those strikers. Um, I do think that he hasn't kicked on this season to what he, to the impact that he had last season. He's not played every single game. You know, maybe if he played every game, he might have scored more goals. But he's he's not necessarily been just a goal scorer for us. He's, he's also been a bit of a creator as well. So um, if he's not been getting the game time to do both of those things and he's not been been playing consistently and, and sort of putting it in there consistently, then maybe he will be the, be the, be the next to go. Um Maybe. It's all maybe. It's all maybe, you know. Uh, oh, look, there is no. no. Um, I think with Nichols, it's, this season it has been a bit underwhelming from him, uh, but maybe we are looking at the work, actually the impact that he made last season from signing from us in, in January. And, um, maybe we expected him to really push on this season, but it, it hasn't been that way. I and, mean, you know, potentially he could be one that, that may attract interest from elsewhere. You know, he's, he's very much a League Two player, I think, and if if Mansfield are the ones rumoured, they Mansfield need goals right now. Um, whether it's directly from him or whether it's, you know, from, from his ability to sort of create goals. Um, if he does go, if he does go, again, who knows, but best of luck to him. You know, his impact last season for us can't be un, un, underestimated. Um, it might just be that we're looking to bring somebody else in. Yeah, I was just about to bring that point to you, Lewis. Um, again, if, all ifs, if he does go, we do need to appreciate the work he did do from uh, last January to the end of the season. was the first player announced uh, as part of the new regime under Brandon Shannon, so we'll go down to history in that sense. And uh, 
yeah, he played a vital part in, in making sure we maintained our League 2 survival last year. Yeah, he did. And I'll always look back on Tom Nichols' career, you know, whether he leaves now or whether he leaves in five years or whatever. Um, you know, I'll always look back and remember the second half of last season where he had a great partnership with Oliver Hawkins. Um, like you say, he was the first signing of, of the new era. And, you know, you'll always be thankful for those players that came in and helped us maintain our Football League status, I suppose. So, yeah, I'll miss him. I think he's, you know, we've not seen the best of him. I don't know if if he's necessarily had the best opportunities to see the best of him in terms of a run of games this season. But, you know, you think back to a few of the creative moments he's had, you know, even as recently as a couple of weeks ago against Accrington for Macaulay Bond's goal. It was a nice, nice layoff to set, set that up. So I think it's a shame, but at the same time, you know, I like them all individually, but our lack of goals it has been a problem. Um, you know, Oliver Hawkins, not a goal scorer. Tom Nichols, not a goal scorer. And, that's that's what we need because it's it's been an issue for too long. So, you know, I don't really mind. I think he could he could be someone that you know if he does go to Mansfield, he could be someone that could walk into a better team and and do better than he has here. But yeah, you know, I think he's he's a really good player. He's definitely you know worthy of playing at this level. And I'll, I'll miss him, but at the same time, it, it might be just a natural process of of moving on if that does happen. But on the flip side, James, say Tom Nichols announces well, he won't announce it. The club announces that he's gone tomorrow. And we don't sign another striker. We're left with the ones we currently have. Are you looking at that striking force without Tom Nichols? Are you feeling more satisfied? Or are you feeling a bit... Absolutely not. Mm. Absolutely not. So it would be a <laughs> no case way. If, no if, way. If, if, if Nichols if, was to go, we'd honestly, need something else. If, if, it meant, if it meant we were not to get another striker through that door, keep Tom Nichols. 100%. 100%. Because, yes, Tom's not hit the heights that he wanted to... Want, probably wanted to do himself this year. I doubt he even wanted to... It's got. It's even gone this way. I doubt he wanted that himself, to be honest. But if yeah, if you offered me Thursday at midnight, once the once the deadline's gone, that we were to let Tom Nichols go, but we weren't to sign another forward, I'd ask serious questions if that was to happen. In all honesty, I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. Um, Tom, in all fairness, Lewis, I think you've hit an hour ahead. We can't thank Tom Nichols enough because. He's contributed to our football league status. At the end of the day, him and him and Ollie had a massive, massive part. Because I'm not being funny, we were we were stuffed when when Tom walked through that door. We were done. We were finished. Um, and they and and they played a part in keeping us up. Um, look, it, we can't even sit here and say that he don't want a beer anymore because we don't even know that. So it might be a case that. Clements might look at it and just go, look, you know what? You don't fit my system. I can get another forward in that does. And if that's the case, then then fine, whatever. But we've got to make, in answer to your question, if Tom goes, we've got to make sure that there's a striker that walks through that door just as good, if not better than him. In all fairness, there's no point signing someone that's not going to walk into the team, in all fairness. So, yeah, I think that I think that's the, that's the case for the football club that's got to be, really. We are going to be doing a January-based quiz very, very soon. Uh, Nick will be keeping tabs on the scores because I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but we're going to stay on the top issue, something to look forward to. And I want to ask uh, the burning question, Tom, to you. And we'll go through it to everyone because it's uh, something that has been very much requested to be asked. And if we don't talk about it, we'll get some very angry people on the internet, which is the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> but let's say, hypothetically, the window ends two days Say we let Tom Nichols go, maybe there's other movements that are 
I don't want to say less informed, but say Sean Williams, for example, leaves. That's more just a natural thing than something immediate. Jaden Clark not been in the squad a few weeks. Maybe he goes on loan. But we don't bring anyone else in. Would you consider this window to be a failure from those in charge? Not Stephen Clements, the recruitment team, especially given the summer and the fact that everyone wanted a proven goal scorer, which don't grow on trees. I've said this. You can't just. I think people will sometimes assume it's easy to just walk down the road and find a Alfie May or Johnson Clark Harris say, hello, do you want to come back to my club? It doesn't work like that. It's very difficult. Sounded a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, get in the van. I've got a contract. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, like, um, I, th- I think I've been saying it for, for the m- majority of the window really is we expect, or we don't expect, as a general fan base, we expect this and maybe we've we've gotten this so far in the eyes of, of a lot of supporters. Um, I think when you mentioned the Clark Harris's, the the, the Alfie Mays in the situation, even the Akinyemis, I know they've been mentioned, and all, all those sort of players that just one person, just one person, yeah. Um, no, no, I get it. Listen, listen, it's 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 a it's a feasible option to have, but we have to understand that. In January, especially, you go and try and get you know, all these players that are mentioned, like Moise has gone to Exeter today. People are saying, why not him? The player's got to want to come. The player's got to want to fit in the system. The player's going to have to be viable viable financially. All of these things don't get mentioned when you talk about get him or go and get him. It's like, okay, but you've got to ask all, all the real questions underneath that. And unfortunately, that's what gets missed a lot of the time when we have these conversations on, on social media. Um and that's why the recruitment team gets slammed for not doing doing their job properly. But realistically, who's to know what they have to go through to, to try and sign a player? Mm-hmm. Like with Williams and with Hutton, we've gone to and we've usurped other other teams signing him. Great, I love that ambition. But realistically, we are we almost lost our, our football league status last season. We're not a top team in League Two in the sense of we can go and get anybody we like. So. I still think that they've done a decent job so far in the window, the recruitment team. I don't know what else we're going to be looking for, but I do agree with you. People need to leave before we start to bring people in in terms of the balance of the squad. If we sign another striker and keep Tom Nichols, we've got five strikers fighting for two spots. Are we going to have an, un- un- an un- unhappy squad in that situation? I think that's where the frustration comes from when people talk about the recruitment team. It was, yeah, the Alfie May saga, I think, was very damaging to the reputation of the recruitment team, whether, because, you know, you've got this person saying, this is what happened. You've got another person saying, this is what happened. And you've got this person saying, like, actually, my nan walks Alfie May's dog and this is what happened. There's so many different variables to it in terms of what's the truth. We might not ever know. I know we obviously tried for him because Hessen Tyler said so at the, uh, at the fans forum, but everyone sort of saw that saga and us being unsuccessful in it as a real backlog of uh, criticism towards the recruitment team because we didn't get that on-paper proven goal score. We still haven't got that technical proven goal scorer. So I think I'd expect if we don't sign one on paper in the next coming days, there will be questions asked of the recruitment team. Rightly or wrongly, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you, because, you know, on paper, some of the players we signed in the summer, you know, Johnny Williams is this world who hasn't been great this year, should have been performing better than they have done. I don't think they were bad signings at the time, which is not for whatever reason worked as we wanted it to, but you can't really, in my opinion, put that down to the recruitment team entirely because these players are better than what they've proven so far. But what's your take on, on the recruitment team? Say, as I said to Tom, hypothetically, the window ends in, for us in terms of incomings where we are now. 
I'd be disappointed if it ended now in terms of incomings because, first of all, I think it's... I'm surprised that we haven't filled our loan quota, you know, just two players on loan. Um, I know Clements, someone said on the grapevine that he's, he's not a massive fan of loans, but it seems like they're easier deals to do than than permanent deals. Um, you know, maybe you could find a, you know, Tom Dixon-Peters... Esque player that has done well. Definitely don't want that. Yeah, I, I, rather no one. <laughs> yeah, but I just mean, I just mean someone that potentially isn't proving this level, but could be that hasn't done it yet. Obviously, not Tom Dixon Peters level. You want someone better than that. But what's Tony Kelman doing then? <laughs> Injured. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know I'd be disappointed because it's obvious that what our issues are and it hasn't been addressed. I think that was an issue from the summer. I think, like you say, the Alfie May saga has damage the reputation a little bit. But then at the same time, there's recruitment that has been really good that is potentially brushed over because people, like you say, just want success now where, you know, we signed Johnny Williams, we signed Romeo Hutton, Connor Mahoney, who, you know, they, these players have had mixed time at Jills, but on paper, they're great signings. And, you know, Shadogi, who's come from, from Leighton Orient, who I think is a fantastic player. and Friend of the channel. <laughs> friend of the channel. Plug, um, plug. <laughs> um, yeah I think they've been really good astute signings you know they're not perfect if they were perfect they'd be a recruit, a recruitment team well, let, let me follow up with a question because you mentioned the Mahoney's and the Williams people look at including me look at Williams' stats this year and think he's not done well if we had signed a goal scorer like a natural goal scorer if you want I think me and you are both agreeing it would be certain that Johnny Williams would have a lot more assists than he'd have because he'd have someone at the end of them who would be able to put them away maybe Lacking that certain player in that certain area is the reason why others haven't really got to the best of their abilities this season. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, Williams hasn't shone. Um, you know, whether that was early doors playing out wide in a Harris system or playing out wide in a Clement system, wh- whatever you want to say. Um, but then at the same time, you know, we were signing a, a good player who just hasn't hit the heights for Gillingham yet. I think, like you say, that strike force, which I suppose now there's five of them. You know, I like Hawkins, doesn't score goals. I like Nichols, doesn't score goals. Bond, Addison, you know, I like them individually, but they've not scored goals. And if you if you just wiped out our strike force and started again almost, you know, would it be a completely different story? Um, potentially. So, you know, the recruitment team have signed a ex-international player who's played at some fantastic levels. He's, you know, it's not their fault he's not hit the heights. It could be that that situation with with other people and you know the Alfie May thing's annoying because of all the rumours and stuff and potentially what we ended up with compared to what we could have got and you know as long as they're not the ones leaking the rumours they're just someone that's gone to gone to sign a player come close potentially and it's not worked out you know it's not there for all the talk that happens it's just disappointing that that one massive issue hasn't been addressed yet so fingers crossed it is in the summer yeah James put the same question to you then if uh Nothing happens between now and uh, midnight on Thursday. No incomings. How are you? Uh, how are you feeling? How are you looking at? It? And actually, to that point, if it was up to you, who would you be looking to bring in? Not in terms of personnel as in names, but positional. Uh, Unless you can think of a name. No, not really. Just positional. I think we need another centre midfielder, big time. Um, I think there's, as well as the centre midfielders have done, I think we're missing a piece that almost sits between Coleman. <coughs> Owen and Mahoney. I think we're missing that centre number eight. Is it the eight position? I think a Charlie Lee type of player. Um, throwing back to our sort of range, age range. Um, just, yeah, box-to-box midfielder. Carries the ball really, really well. Um, 
allows Mahoney to be where he's meant to be because too many times on Saturday he's picking the ball up on the halfway line where that's no good. Like I'm not I'm not being funny. Your number ten should not be picking the ball up on the halfway line fifty yards from goal. You need him edge of the box where his best attribute is. Um and having a number eight in there that can pick the ball off Coleman, give it to Mahoney, win tackles. I know Jeffries does it, but I was saying to the boys you, you boys earlier that I just feel with with Dom that he hits sixty five minutes and he almost hits a brick wall because he's given a hundred percent into the team. He then hits a he hits a stamina wall almost, and he just can't run anymore. Um, it's not his fault. It's just that's that's his game. Um, so that's what we're missing. We're obviously missing a striker, hundred percent. In answer to your other question, Owen, is it a failure um, if we don't pull anyone else in? Um, to be frank, yes, yes, it is um, because I think uh, we're. The ambition of the football club is to want to want to at least at least get into the playoffs this season or be near it. Um, and and this current squad, um, I think for me, needs just one or two more um, to push yourself into it. Um, we're as a squad, I think we're between eighth and eleventh. I think that's round about where our ability is. We need one one or two more to push push it and. I think, yeah, it would be slightly disappointing if we don't add any more come come Thursday night, in all honesty. It's exciting uh, to be leading towards a transfer deadline day and we will have a quiz coming for you in just a moment or two mm-hmm. regarding past deadline day. So if you uh, have any good memories, that would be useful at this point in time. But um, as you would have seen on George's Twitter, Nick and Block were in attendance for the game at MK Dons on Saturday camera crews up in the away end to see what they picked up uh, the full video will be coming very soon but we have an exclusive on the look back live we're going to show you a little snippet of it right now if nick will take it away yeah pretty substantial number of jules fans they're going to be there today which is 1276 and all i'm taking back is a bag full of stubs show i just saw a little snippet there from block pictures in the away end of the mk dons game i think that's your first is it your first away game this season yeah yeah great success rate cheers for that um <laughs> ever. Ever. ever away game that's a fun yeah did you have uh, fans of uh gopros in the home game recently yeah what was the score what, what was the score what? that game That'd be all of them. no the ones you put the gopros in the other day with the fans, the chess cams, or whatever they were. We gave people cameras and you edited it together. Was that a Sheffield United game? Yeah. What was the score? That went good, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw Nick getting chucked out there, MK Wayne, <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> right, this, this would work better if you had all uh, pens and papers, but you're going to have to use your notepads, I presume. No one brought pen and paper with them. Well, you, didn't you, didn't, you didn't tell us. Didn't bring no, uh, I don't carry pen and paper around with me. <laughs> be quizzed. You might do. Right, so this is a quiz all about... I might have to change my position because we're all very close and I've got all the answers you here. You can 
we just lean forward a little bit and we never can't see it, can we? Could do that. There you go. Or you can sit yeah, over there. Yeah. Away from us. There's yeah, a massive right. mirror yeah. behind you. Owen's gonna Owen's gonna move. This is live I'll go next, TV. I'll go next to you. <laughs> Blimey. You're gonna go, oh cheers, Liz. You can copy my answers though. I wouldn't if I were you. I wanna copy my answers. Why not? Many reasons. I hope I beat you lot now. Seriously. I I I, I hope you do yeah. fine. No, you can't stop being nice to me now. <laughs> right. Martin. <laughs> Am I ready to go, Nick? Yeah, stop staring at me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, welcome to the ME7 January transfer window slash mid-season quiz. We couldn't do 10 questions on it because it's really difficult to make 10 questions about a transfer window. But alas, we've got five, five decent ones, I would say. Five decent ones, I'd say. Uh, so we've got three contestants. Uh, man, furthest away from me. What's your name? Where'd you come from? Uh, Tom Jasper from Gillingham, sadly. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Jack Hawkins from Chatham. Lewis Browning from Raynham. Lewis, you'll know, of course, on Twitter. You probably won't. <laughs> what, what did he say? <laughs> don't, don't be him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, right, are you all ready for question one? Yes. Right, this question, you get a point per correct answer. So, oh. Like, yeah. So, in January 2019, do you remember the January transfer window deadline day? The... Power hour. Yes. But they were all not very good signings. <laughs> mm. So Steve Lovell signed four players on deadline day of January 2019. You get a point per correct answer. Correct player. Four in total. Get your answers down. I will come to you in 20 seconds. I was going to say, so Nick, how's your day been? Not bad. Not bad, no. Busy? Busy. <laughs> Any highlights? Uh, you got four. I've got four. Have you got four? Have you got four? Yeah. Have you got four? No, I'm struggling. I've got three. I've got seven. You've never heard of any of them? Yeah, but neither have we. How bad they were? They were bad. Very bad. Apart from one, he was right. The rest were bad. I think I'm in the wrong window. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. What year do you think? Right, are, are we ready? Have you all got have you all got answers? Twenty seconds. I've got Is three. That... Go. Right, I'll I'll go with Lewis first. Do you want me to name what I've got? Yes. All three. Billy King, Graham Burke, Lopez. I remember his name. James? I've got the same but then I've got Ricky Holmes. So you've got the three the two that he yeah. said. The three that he said, Billy King, Graham Burke, Silver Lopez, Ricky Holmes. One of them's really bad for you considering I spoke to you about this earlier. Tom? I've got Billy King, Leo Silva Lopez, and Tavon Campbell. Oh, no. But that's so the three. correct answers were, and Nick, I hope you're paying attention because I'm relying on you to count this up. I heard Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, he's been here too long. Um, yeah, yeah. So the correct answers were firstly, Billy King was not bedtime day. He was a day before. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I was the one who told you it. Well, I thought Billy King. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. This is not good then. <laughs> The four correct answers were Ricky Holmes. He had a great game for us on the training pitch. Mm. Leo De Silva Lopez, who was the half decent one, scored a very good goal away at um, AFC Wimbledon, a 4 2 victory. Someone else who yeah. scored in that game, Graham Burke. Yeah. And the final one, I think Tom, you only wanted to get this, Tarvon Campbell. Yeah. 
And combined, they scored one goal. Oh, no, Graham Burke scored two goals. Two goals. So, is it a point for each player? A point for each, correct. Are we right. scoring ourselves? Please. I would say so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I hate this. Three, three points I've got. See, if people are going to moan about this window, take a look at that window. That's, <laughs> That's true. That is true. You all ready for the second one? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. scores uh, two for me. Two. Two. James has got a lead. This is a very bad quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. We made one deadline day signing in January of 2020. Who was it? Just the one. 20 second window. So, Nick, what are your plans for tomorrow? Neither of you got it. No. Uh, sure, man. Did they off tomorrow or yesterday? Yeah, no you get a table as well? Very ish, uh, very tight. You should get called in. Unless Is it a big player for us? I'm not telling you nothing. <laughs> I'm trying to think of I've, worked, really, I've not worked. even got a name. You will kick yourself. Uh, if I've got it right, because if I've got it wrong, it's a bit embarrassing. Ten. No, I've not got one. Eight. Seven, no answer. Six. Five. You've got one. Four. Yeah, my daddy's right. Three. Two. One, Lewis Browning. Thompson. Tom Jasper. Charlie Kilman. He did have an no, answer. You were all wrong. Damn it. 2021 was Ben Thompson. 2020, he, he, I can't. I won't blame you for not remembering it because the season obviously got cut off. But it was the first time we signed Jordan Graham on Known From Wolves. Oh. I thought Thompson really? was a shooting. Mm -hmm. I'm guided. I thought Graham was a summer signing. He was a summer, not, he was summer signing permanently, initially right. on loan in the January. But obviously the season got cut off. So. Oh, of course. Of course. Oh. So scores on the doors, same as we three. Doesn't count, we yeah. weren't there. So two for Tom, three for James, two for Lewis. Question three. Rich returning star, this isn't a, uh, we'll stress this isn't a deadline day sign, just a January. Rich returning star made a comeback to pre-sealed in the January window of 2013. Gino. Which returning star? 20 seconds. January signing. Oh, yes. That's, that's easy. Is it? I hope so. So, Nick, which animal in the animal kingdom drink oh, you could knock out? Yeah. One punch. Mm. It is easy. You should get it. Armadillo. You should get it. We, oh, should, we should all get this. I should get it, yeah. Uh, 10. Nine. We've all got it. Eight. Seven. Six. <laughs> all right, we'll just sit in there. Five. <laughs> all right, fine. Tom Jasper. I, I hope it's Cody McDonald. Cody McDonald. Cody McDonald. Cody McDonald. Love him. So that'll go Tom on three, James on four, Lewis on three. But right, Tom, you should... Fucking hell. I mean... Tom, you should have an advantage on this one, considering your age. Because of my age, yeah. Great, cheers for that. With yeah. respect. Cheers, cheers for that boost. That was... <laughs> So this is quite an interesting one. Who is our record transfer signing in a January window? So a player we signed in a January window who costs us the most. But when we used to spend money on players. Okay. In history. Um, so how old do you think I am? This is the question. Old enough. Well, it's definitely pre-2000. 100%. Says who? Says me. If you think so. Because the last time we spent any big money before the Gallantons come in was probably on Simon King. 
which is 2000 and... Was it a January? No, it wasn't in January. It's unlikely I can tell you which players arrived in January. 20? 19? No idea. 18? I threw the pressure on me now because he said I should get 16. it. But... 15? 14? Just put a guess if you don't know. Yeah, I've 13, just done that. 12, it's not that. 11? 10? 9? 8? 7? 6? 5? 4? 3? 2? 1? Tom, who have you gone for? I went Andy Barcham. Yeah, what? Why? Because I'm sure didn't we loan him and then we signed him on a perm? But I'm now thinking from your faces to my left and your face to my right that we probably didn't sign him for a, a fee mm, and not that big a fee probably. We well, may have done, but it's not the answer. I've yeah, gone for Carla Saba. Oh. That was my serious answer, but I put Matt Olson. <laughs> John, that's not even the most stupid question because I gave it to James early and he said Carter Saab and I said no. Oh. Yeah, but I, I didn't know if you were toying with me. Did Matt not win against Man U 7 0? A few times, a few times. The actual answer, what if I told you, Tom? You're, none of you are going to get a point. Let's even get it from this. It was uh, 1997 for 250 grand. I was eight. So? Great, okay. Um, 250, 1997. Yes. You were eight. I thought you were like mid forties. Cheers. How old are you? I'm thirty four. Thirty four. Yes. Jesus Christ. I feel great, by the way. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. No, I don't know. The answer is Adi Akinbai. Oh, that guy from mm. Norwich, I believe it was. But then sold him for nearly one point two million afterwards. There we go. Business. Uh, still the same scores and thoughts. Still me winning. Yeah, might stay this way actually. <laughs> <laughs> Which lone duo from Bournemouth at the time? They're, they're no longer played for Bournemouth, but they did at the time. Did we sign on deadline day of 2017? So two players on loan from Bournemouth in 2017 deadline day. I can name three players that we signed from Bournemouth around that time, but I don't know which two are the ones on deadline day. This is a disaster. Coming here, sadly. Are you? <laughs> You're doing quiz questions. Way at all. Mm. Coming here to watch the new signings we're going to have in action. Yeah, 20, 2017, yeah? 2017. Well, maybe a joke. 2017. No. 20. Not 19. You'll get it. I'll, I'll throw in a point if you get one of them. That might help you if you can think of three. Very generous. Thanks. 15. I'm pretty sure I've got the right one. 14. 13. 12. 11. 10. 9. 8. 7. 6. 5. 4. 3. 2. 1. Lewis. Joe Quigley and Harry Cornick. James. Oh, I've got nothing. Uh-huh. I thought we even had Harry Cornick. Yeah. He's good now. My other one was Bailey Cargill, but I don't think that was January. The answer was Joe Quigley. Harry Cornick. Well played, Lewis. Well played. That's a very good answer. Thanks. Very good answer. So, Tom, you're on two. James on three. Lewis four. has catapulted. Have you? Yes. Where did you get four? Four. Four. Five. Yeah. Let me check. I got three points five. for the... Yeah, because Cody and then those two, you've got five, yeah. All right. <laughs> 
Right, that was all the questions for January because it's quite, for that. it's quite difficult to find questions that either you might know or weren't very obvious. So these last questions, last five, are related to this season. Yes, five. <coughs> this is going to be one where whoever gets the closest to, I will give the point. Oh, my God. So, including the Sutton game and including the MK Dons games, uh, game and all the ones in between, this is also including the Sheffield United game in the Cup. So Sutton, Colchester, Sheffield United, MK Dons. If that's the order between the two, yeah. Um, that is. Then yes. Yep. How, <laughs> how many shots have we had in all those games combined? What, did you say all games or just time all, games? All of them. Not shots on target, just shots. I'm going to go that many. You know we can't see it all, right? Think out loud, mate. All right, let's see. <laughs> Well, if you want to tell me when you've got an answer instead of counting down. Got an answer. Got an answer. So, I now have an answer. Go on it. 98. James? 60. Lewis? 90. 87. Closest is James. The correct answer is 77. What did James say? 60. 60. You both said 90. Does that count? Well, Lewis, Lewis is the closest. Blow to the keeper. What did you say? 90. Oh, shit, you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good math, Tommy. <laughs> Technically, Nick is the closest. <laughs> no, Lewis is the closest. Well done, Lewis. Thanks. Well done, Lewis. You're on six points. Lewis. Yep. Six points. Can he be caught? Cool? With four questions left. He could. He could. But he might not. So, next question is, Josh Walker made his debut this... What? Cool. Wait for... We should find that, maybe. I might Josh Walker made his debut this past weekend, but what squad number has he been given? I've got that. On the money. I don't know. I know it. Do you know? Yeah, squad numbers I can do. <laughs> you have to go. You have to give a guess, Lewis. No, I should know this. I'm gonna kick myself. No, that's not him. That's not his squad number. Oh, Nick's got it. Oh, no. Did you? You picked it. <laughs> we all got an answer. Oh. Yep. Tom? 47. James? 47. Lewis? 40. 47. Yeah. Back in the game. I'm dis game. disappointed in myself. So Tom and James on four, Lewis on six. Two I'm on five, three. mate. He just said four. No, he didn't. He's on five, yeah. We'll There's three questions left in order to catch the chaser. Right, on the topic of Chad Alexander, you may have seen this question coming from what I was saying earlier. He departed this week, bye-bye, Che. Uh, how many games did he play in total for Gillingham? This is according oh. to Wikipedia, so I'm assuming it means all competitions. God, the, the club said this in their official statement. Did you read it? I think I think that's where I've got my number from, yeah. And I, I questioned it in my head, so now I've got it committed to memory. Well, I will not be taking the club statement. I'll be taking the Wikipedia. <laughs> I'm going to adjust it. <laughs> yeah, but I am going to quickly Google it just to see just to see what the club said and see if it's the same. Uh, Nick, can you provide some background music while I'm doing this, please? Um. <laughs> He played majority of 
second half of last year. Yeah, those numbers are very different. <laughs> Which one are we going on? I, I think the club's one is all competitions, and I think Wikipedia is just league. So which one are you asking for? Just league. I'll do my one. Uh, but I will say it's a bit different. Lower than the yours one. I'll let you have that. I'm going to go that. We've all got an answer. Tom? Pretty sure the club said 76. James? I've gone well below that. I said 53. <laughs> Lewis? I thought the club said 72. I've gone 57. Lewis is the closest. Wikipedia states 59. What have you gone for? 57. But the club site did say 76. So okay. I'm taking that as a moral victory then, that one. The club said 76. Trust the club. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you trust the club? Well, Wiki's never wrong, is it? <laughs> I'll just edit it myself for 76 later. We'll let the viewers decide that one. And that's what scores and doors as, Nick? Seven. Five. I don't know what I am anymore. I've, I, I'm, I'm taking a moral five. Right, it's two, go, two, four. two questions left. James, the best you can do is draw. Lewis, you just need to get one more right to win. All right. So, I won't take the closest answer on this because it was said in a press conference. And if you're there, you should know. So I need the exact answer. How many Gillingham fans attended the away trip to Colchester? Got it. It was said by our director of operations on his social media account. Oh, I got it from Robbie Stockdale saying it. I got it from Wikipedia. <laughs> I got it from Joe Comper. Just see the background music. Yeah. Tom. Up one thousand two hundred and forty. James. James. Nine hundred ninety-eight. Lewis. Lewis. One thousand four hundred and fifty. Oh, it's going to be tight, Martin. Martin. The last question because James is correct. Nine hundred ninety-eight. Remember seeing that now? Because Stephen Stockdale. Robbie Stockdale. Stephen Stockdale. He did his post-match and he moaned where the other two were. So it's nice round number, but it was awesome. So it's good to draw. In which case, I'll take a tiebreaker question. I'll six. I'll six. Tommy can answer this if you want. Very much. So I'm older than I look. Yeah. And now you're thick. Must be the age. In which fixture did Ollie Hawkins make his return from injury? One I actually know that answer. He can if you want. I'll just ask you last. God, that's cool. Got to be that. Lewis looks perplexed. Pressure's got to. Yeah, I know yeah, it. Has, it has. I know it. Can I have a... His, how long? His veins are popping out. <laughs> have you seen it, Tom? Yeah. Is he right? Oh, no. Could be. I hope you get it right. I haven't got a tiebreak question in mind. I'll have to... I might have it. Don't. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Let it become a tiebreak. I might have it. We'll see. Have you got, got it? it Shall I go? Lewis, what have you gone for? Bradford. Bradford at home. Bradford at home. No. No. Get in. Oh, God. That brings the quiz to the end for this show. The winner, Lewis Browning. Well done, man. Thank well done. you. You can send your congratulations to Lewis over on Twitter <laughs> if he hasn't blocked you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I suppose we should... Uh, how long have we been live for? About four hours. An hour and a half. An hour and a yeah. half. Probably a good time to 
round it up then, gents. Um, we've got one viewer. We've got one viewer. Good. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Cheers, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's round it off then. So um yeah, we look forward to the game coming up this weekend at Prefield against uh Walsall. I look a bit more serious. <laughs> <laughs> we are back in every seven for the home fixture against Walsall this Saturday. Um everyone who wasn't able to join us live today or was uh joining us looking to watch the FA Youth Cup game, we can only apologise. Um but yeah, we're back in a month or so to look back on uh the month of uh remainder of well, it would be February at that point and what we've done in January. But, um, yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you for our sponsors today. And until next time, up the jewels. Good night. <laughs>